Sports Rankers, the podcast where we choose a topic and two of the three of us rank their bronze, silver and gold and between us we create the ultimate podium for that topic. My name is Rob Schofield, of course with me Callum Scotland, Sam Barker and uh, it's series three, episode six and Sam, we've had our home topics, Callum and I, now it's your turn and we've got, uh, I think this is this is classic Sam Barker this one. Oh, I mean, it's absolutely peak me, isn't it? Um, it's greatest moments from London 2012. And I'll be honest, I've just had the best week just rewatching all the moments, all just, I, I know we only had to pick three. I just decided to watch sort of every single moment from London 2012 that I possibly could cram into a week's worth of research. And it's, it's been beautiful. I've, I've, I've cried tears of joy, mostly a few of sadness, but mostly joy. Mostly sadness that London 2012 isn't still happening right now because it was just the greatest time in our lives as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I I, oh, I just loved it. Eight years ago to the week I know. the opening ceremony. Callum, you said you'd go away for the first time, did you? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I also, I think the greatest time of our lives is a bit of a stretch, but um, it was certainly good and I enjoyed it, but... Um, that's the kind of passion went, we want in this episode. <laughs> um, I went. I went back and uh, do you know what? Most of the things that I thought of off the bat made it onto my podium, which I didn't think they would. Like I thought there'd be a, a few things that flew under the radar, and I'd go back and be like, "Oh, that's really good, actually." I'll put that in. But most of the things that I thought of straight away made it onto my podium. So I think. Yeah, there's there's the possibility for a bit of crossover, but I'm not sure how much we'll get, to be honest. Yeah, funnily enough, okay. despite um, despite sort of binge watching the entire Olympics back, I actually ended up in the same situation where pretty much the three things that I wrote down at the start were the ones that I ended up picking. Because I think with a topic like this, you go with the ones that the moments that you remember clearest and the, and the moments that kind of meant the most to you at the time. And so... Other ones you go, oh yeah, I kind of forgot about that, but that's not one of the ones I immediately remember when I think greatest moments. In terms of where we are on the scores, obviously I'm sitting this one out, um, but Callum, you are on five points for the series. Work to do. Uh, (laughs) Sam, 13. (laughs) Uh, An opportunity to close the gap, if not surpass me, on 15. So uh, Sam, as this is your home topic this week i'm going to give you the honors to go first uh what is your bronze pick for greatest moments of london 2012 just want well, to say before we get where... into this rob it is in your best interest to actually give me points this week isn't it so this could be an interesting situation as we all know we're all true to ourselves on this podcast there is no agendas <laughs> the one per- the one person who's been accused of not being true to themselves saying that is very ironic but we'll continue go on sam but I am well aware that Callum, if you uh, if you have a strong podium and you don't royally shaft yourself with some sort of rogue answer, then you could potentially come away with the points here, as is the case every week. I must add, uh, Sam, all yours. Firstly, Rob, I just want to say I love how that one social media comment from two series ago still sits with you. That that brings me great oh, joy. I was so jet lagged when it came in. <laughs> it's just um, implanted itself in my 
consciousness. Okay, well, where better to start for this list than in arguably the venue that had the most electric atmosphere in the velodrome? So many incredible moments. Really, you could have picked a number of them, but the one that really stands out to me was Chris Hoy winning the men's Kerin and claiming his sixth and record-breaking gold medal. I mean, Chris Hoy himself, for starters, just an absolute legend. Like, he comes across as the most humble, like the most kind man in sports. Like, everyone you ever sort of speak to who's met him has nothing but good things to say about him, which I think is what elevated this particular moment. The Kerin, of course, the sort of six, for, for, for those who don't know, the, the six-man race um, where you sort of all go off at the same pace behind a pacemaker and then it ends up in a, in a bunch sprint at the end. Didn't look like he was going to do it. He was behind coming into the final bend. He was sitting in second behind the German guy whose name completely slips my mind. Um, but came around that final bend, shot across the line, and then the, the tears just flowed. And it was kind of from everywhere. It was from him. It was from Dave Brailsford and the whole GB team because that gold medal was his sixth and elevated him to Britain's greatest Olympian of all time. And just rightly so as well because he was such a dominant force. I mean, he went on to win his seventh later that Olympics, but it was that sixth, the Kerin, that, was just beautiful and, and then you get to the medal ceremony and he's just there in, in floods of tears before he gets up when he's up there and afterwards as well and 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 that moment I know so, I know track cycling isn't necessarily something that all of perhaps our international listeners would would quite understand the appeal behind it but I know in Britain when it comes to the Olympics we absolutely love it and 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 that moment was was really something special the man with the greatest thighs in sport. Good choice. Callum? That's definitely a, a podium that Chris Hoy would top, greatest thighs in sport. Um, I, do you know what? I actually had Chris, Chris Hoy winning the Kieran as my bronze until, well, probably 15 minutes before I went to bed last night. Uh, and Late change he, he just finishes fourth. On my podium. Because, no, he finishes first. Did you uh, not watch it? Oh, on your podium. Okay. My bronze medal goes to Gemma Gibbons winning her judo semi-final, then looking up to the sky and saying, I love you, mum. It's just one of the abiding memories I have of London 2012. It's just, I, I don't know. There's just something about it. It was a really emotional moment that just kind of reminds you of sort of the humanity of sport. She beat a, a French woman in the semi-final and looked up to the sky, mouthed I love you mum after her mum died from uh, leukaemia a few years before and all the sort of competition of the of the Olympics and you know everyone trying to beat everyone else and trying to be the best in the world I think that one moment of pure humanity and just emotion was it's one of the things that I remember the most about the Olympics and that's why it's made it onto my podium it's kind of a a reminder of it's not just the athlete. It's not the. It's not just the athlete that gets there. It's everyone behind the scenes who helps them. You know, driving them to competitions and things like that. And that's why Gemma Gibbons is on my podium for that that one moment. Do you think you would have had to have watched that live? Obviously, it's she's not a massive name. I don't think I did watch it live, but it made it onto every single montage from the Olympics mm-hmm. that the that the BBC did and. You know, it was it was on every single montage. It was on the closing montage. 
actually I take it back I think I did watch it live but even so that memory of just because it's completely different to like I said like the, the competition of of the Olympics it's 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 completely removed from that it's just this one pure mix of emotion as well such joy at winning and getting through to the the, the gold medal match but then such sadness that you know her mum couldn't be there to see it and I think that's that mix of emotions sort of perfectly sums up sport as well as sort of that moment it's it's funny Callum you mentioned that Chris Hoy um was almost your bronze and was a late change because Gemma Gibbons was almost my bronze uh and then I decided to move it up to my silver because for for every single reason that you've just said I mean it, it for me it is the it's the purest moment of London 2012 there was something just unbelievably human about it I mean the Olympics itself has an incredible ability to sort of give a platform to, to sports stars to tell their story that I don't think any other sporting event does. I mean, London 2012, the, like the gold medals for, I don't know, like Jade Jones, sort of Peter Wilson, Tim Bailey, Etienne Scott, people like that who were complete nobodies before the Olympics and were sort of had their status really elevated. And the, the, the interesting thing about the Gemma Gibbons is she only went on to win, to win silver. She didn't win the gold, but it was one of the most heartwarming stories of the Olympics and, and like you've, you've, you've done the same as me. You've identified that semi-final moment. And I, I, I did watch it live and that semi, I know nothing. About, and, and this is the great thing about the Olympics as well is you start to care and get so invested in sports, you know, literally nothing about, like, I haven't got a clue how judo works. I don't know how the scoring system works, but once you watch a couple of matches, you sort of get into the, the, the groove of it and you're screaming at the TV, like, come on, Gemma, come on like you say, that moment, they were in like, I think it was called a golden strike, which is like a golden goal. So it's whoever scores a point first wins, just wins flat out. And the moment where she flipped and, and, and the French woman you mentioned she was facing was the defending world champion, defending European champion. Gemma was like ranked 42nd, I think, at the time in the world at that weight class because the weight class she was fighting at wasn't her usual weight class. She'd had to move up because she hadn't qualified in her usual weight class. So there's all these kind of contextual elements that make it an even more powerful moment. But when she, she floors the the French woman and then she's sort of, she's kneeling on the floor with her head in her hands and she, she sort of raises her head and you can see the emotion. And then like you say, you have to sort of, tip your to your hat to the BBC cameraman who who caught her just that moment of just pure beauty looking up to the sky and saying I love you mum and there was something so relatable in that moment that you perhaps don't get when you watch you know football formula one stuff like that it's, it's quite hard to find those sort of really pure human relatable moments and the, the Gemma Givens semi-final really is is is, like I say it's just the the purest moment and and as you said Callum it's it's a moment that has really stuck with me and and was actually the first one that came to my head when when I thought of this topic interesting we've had an overlap Mm -hmm. seeing as you both picked it the natural rationale would be for me to put Gemma Gibbons in silver because you've both chosen it it deserves to be on the podium somewhere at the very very least but (laughs) you've already said that Chris Hoy comes in fourth so we're not going to have a straight shootout between the two. What's in silver for you? It might surprise you, but Andy Murray exercising his Wimbledon demons is my silver medal. Oh, because my God. 
I watched Good choice. I watched Andy Murray's Wimbledon final and you know, we all we all felt what he felt when he when he failed to beat Roger Federer at Wimbledon. And then four weeks later, at the same venue to beat the same person in the final in straight sets to win his first win to win his uh, win his Olympic gold medal. Absolutely remarkable. And he had to beat Novak Djokovic to get there as well. So it wasn't as if he had a a clean run through to the final against a bunch of nobodies. He he had to he had to fight to get through to the final, and then this kind of deja vu moment of looking at the other end of centre court and seeing Roger Federer and being like, "Well, I was here four weeks ago and it didn't go great," but to get over that and to win his Olympic gold, you could you could see the relief on his face when he won it as well. It was it was just a it was a great great moment, and then. You know, it kind of opened the floodgates for him, winning the U.S. Open the next year. Uh, sorry, later on that summer, and then winning Wimbledon the following year. It kind of, I think, it kind of gave him the belief that he he had a right to be in the company of Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, and he he could win the Grand Slams when it mattered and pull out the pull out the big moments. And you know, I think everyone's kind of like, oh, Andy Murray's this dour Scott, and he doesn't really. He's not emotional. He's not funny, or he's not, you know, he's he's not what we want him to be. But I think, you know, that summer kind of proved all of that wrong. You know, the emotion that he showed when he lost the Wimbledon final, crying on TV, and and then when he when he won Olympic gold, kind of that brought it all back to a positive positive side after after losing the Wimbledon final, and it kind of like I say, opened the floodgates for Murray in in believing that he really was one of the best four tennis players in the world. Sam, your face when Callum picked it as <laughs> silver was an absolute picture. It, it, it's, Why? It's just the, the prospect. So, I mean, I'll, I'll reveal that that didn't make my podium. So for me, the reason I was just so shocked was the idea of Callum picking a tennis answer that I didn't. Uh, just staggering. Like what, what, a de- what, a, what a development from Callum. I love that. Um, I I had real real issues with this moment. Why? Not not no 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 not issues with them like the the moment. <laughs> I, no. I had such issues with Andy Murray finally winning a gold medal and having a crowning moment on the biggest stage. God Andy, no, I, why I, can't I, you I, be I, more like Tim and win nothing? <laughs> <laughs> no, no no that's sorry I've I've, I've said that in sort of I've, I've not said that well enough. I I love the moment. It's incredible and and. Callum was absolutely right when he said it, it paved the way for his future success in the Grand Slams. Um, and I think it was also, like you said, Callum, aided so much by his speech after losing the Wimbledon final that year, which I think was the real turning point for Murray in actually breaking through to the hearts of, of I'd say the UK, but I think England in particular. The only reason I didn't pick it, and, and this is probably a fault with me rather than anything else, is because I'm so invested in tennis and I love tennis and you know, followed Andy Murray's career every step of the way. It's not the biggest moment in his, like if I think Andy Murray, it's not the biggest moment in his career. I don't think he would probably say it actually is. Cause I think like you say, it opened the floodgates, but I have bigger and better and more memorable moments from his career ingrained in my skull, him winning mm. Wimbledon for the first time. Um, I th- actually the think thing I'd say though, Sam is that we're doing the greatest London 2012 moments and whether it's his greatest or second greatest or third greatest it's not his podium 
I said for me, it it probably lands in in that fourth spot for me. But one of the other things that I particularly love at the Olympics is the the moments that always stand out to me at every Olympics are in the sport where Olympics is the absolute pinnacle, where it means more than anything else. And and I think tennis is a tricky one because I know it means an awful lot to the players, but it doesn't mean right. more it is. than winning a Grand Slam. You know, the golfers that came in last time, the the football that happens at the Olympics, it's not the pinnacle of the sport. And it just doesn't quite, for, for me, and I know it, it differs for yeah. different people, but for me, it doesn't quite carry that emotional punch that sports where the Olympics is the absolute peak of your sport and winning that is the greatest moment of your career. That's the only reason. I'm not saying it's a bad moment. It's an incredible moment, but that I'm just explaining why I didn't have it on my list. So we know we now know why Sam has issues with Andy Murray winning uh, Olympic gold. Um, oh, I that's, completely that's get gonna, it. That's going complete- to come back to haunt me, that, isn't it? I completely get that kind of thought process because actually I I agree with you. The reason why the Olympics is so special is for those moments where we don't see those sports um, commonplace kind of throughout the rest of the calendar year. Interesting, 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 interesting. Callum, Mm -hmm. this could be, this could be the decider then. What's your gold? I'm going to come straight back to you. I imagine we both have similar things for gold. Yeah. Is it the interview with Bert Leclerc? Because uh, that very nearly crept onto my <laughs> list. Uh, no, it's unsurprisingly Mo Farah winning gold in the 10,000 metres. That is exactly the words I have written down as well as Mo Farah winning gold in the 10,000 metres. To like to verbatim exactly what I have. Well, after I've written that, I've only written seven words. And it's just cherry on the icing on the cake. That's all it says. It's the greatest moment yeah. in British sport topping off the greatest day in British sport it's I mean what more can you want do you know what I wrote is I I wrote that it's ruined the use of the phrase super Saturday or super Sunday in sport because no no Saturday or Sunday will ever be more super than that super Saturday was it was just right like I, I mean, I, I've written down, and, and and this is a perhaps a discussion for another time. It's argu- it's arguably the best night in British sport ever. Certainly in our lifetime. I mean, I guess 1966 would probably come in there. You could put the 2003 Rugby World Cup, but I don't think you can put put anything that was else. A morning. In, in okay, well there you go. Well, <laughs> put that in the bin then. Uh, 1966 is probably the only thing that even remotely comes close, and we weren't close to being alive to appreciate that so the, this is just i mean everyone every british person knows where they were that day can tell you where they were can tell you where they watched it can tell you how they were feeling when jess crossed the line when uh, greg rutherford found out he was going to win and then exactly like you said the icing on the cherry on the cake of mo farah's gold and his reaction as well when he crossed the line was just amazing just hands out to the side just look of complete disbelief crossed his face collapsing to the track his family coming out like everything about it was just what sport should be it was just complete perfection emotionally physically i don't know i'm I'm almost at a loss for words talking about this it just brings me so much joy it really really does um and it was it's quite fitting that i mean we're recording this very early on a monday morning they replayed this over the weekend on the bbc and the whole Super Saturday, and I just got sucked into it once again. 
just the absolute magic of the night. Well then, so we both know you're both getting three points for gold. I, I, I thought this would come in gold. My intrigue was what was going to happen below that. Um, I, I thought you'd have to be an incredibly bold man, I think, to not pick this as uh, as, as gold. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I, I wanted to, I kind of wanted to not pick a GB moment for one of them. Mm. Like I, I wanted to not pick a GB moment. And then I, I found a, a Wikipedia page that was like a chronological summary of the 2012 Olympics. And I scrolled through it and I was like, there are some moments in there which are quite good, but none of the international ones really topped any of the British ones. And I mean, that's obvious because we are British, but every, every abiding memory is of a, of a great British moment from the 2012 Olympics. So I think if I was doing this off the top of my head before a podcast, before you two had waxed lyrical about these moments, I think I probably would have gone Chris Hoy, Andy Murray, Mo Farah. One, two, three, or three, two, one. Bronze, silver, gold. And that's that's a that's a uh, that's a podium you can you can create right there if you want. The options are there for you to do it. But he's not wrong. He's not. I wrong. just you two have both convinced me uh, of Gemma Gibbons, and also I think it's a little bit of a it's something slightly different. We've got two kind of pure sporting moments. Um, I think Gibbons is something a little bit more emotional it kind of touches that kind of human interest side of all of us and you both chose it and as I said and Callum raised his eyes at the the time thinking this is gonna shaft me once again I think there's got to be some weight to you both picking an answer and it finding its way on the podium and the other thing I'd say is potentially Chris Hoy has got multiple memorable moments for us to pick from albeit his final sixth before riding off into the sunset is a special one so as you can probably tell, it's going to go a Callum 1-2 on bronze and silver because we're going to go Gemma Gibbons and Andy Murray. And Murray's going to get it just over Gibbons because I'm not sure those three Grand Slams happen without that London 2012 gold medal. And it seemed to be as well as that kind of you know tearful interview uh, post-Wimbledon final defeat seemed to be the, the, the changing of his mentality to bring about those achievements of what he went on to do. So, Callum, the only reason why you've not come away with a clean sheet here is because you both picked the same gold <laughs> on Sam's home topic. You, but it's a good haul nonetheless. I, I, six points you know is six I, points. I, I Callum's forgotten what getting six points feels like. It's been a very, very long time since he's picked up that many in an episode. I'm not sure I ever have. Is this a, is this a landmark moment? Is this one of the greatest moments in three sports rankers history? We'll have to go back and check the annals of history, but I've definitely had five before, but I'm not sure I've ever had six. If you're listening to this uh, at home and you're thinking, no, I remember. I remember when Callum got all six. No one will be thinking that. Yeah, no one's thinking that. (laughs) It just didn't didn't happen enough times and therefore I can't remember it. But what I will say is that this episode has thrown you back into contention with three episodes remaining. Here we are on the scores. Callum's got 14. Sam's got 16. That's not oh, no. correct. Cal- com- no, that's not correct at all. Callum's got 11. I've completely screwed that up. My maths has failed me <laughs> I mean, I'll on take this early 40. Monday morning. 
it, I mean, it was it was great as a build up. Callum has thrown Callum has sort of thrown himself back into contention, but not Watch quite as whoa, much as we whoa, previously whoa, thought. Whoa. <laughs> Forgive me, it's eleven fifteen sixteen. So that's contention. Uh, you're not you. This is we're not out of the realms of possibility. When we got listener points as well to come in at the end of the series, we've got three episodes left. We've got three listener topics left. It's Callum on eleven, me on fifteen, and Sam on sixteen. So it's all to play for. I've just got to remember not to fall on my face, basically, in the last three episodes, and I'll put in a respectable score at least. I really like the I like I've got a really a real idea now of you sitting there trying to figure out your sort of answers to the the remaining topics. Going now, which ones of these are they going to rip me apart for? And they say is the one that cost me the series. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna double guess myself. It's just gonna be. Yeah, you've got to stay true answers. to yourself. Exactly, and. Who'd have thought that in a in a an episode about the Olympics, tennis would be Sam's downfall? What a turn up for the books that is! I know. Do you know what though? I'm so like I'm I'm just so full of joy that we've got to speak about this topic. I have absolutely no negative feelings about the fact I only got three points. I feel I feel fine. Just I mean a sort of blissful happy. I don't know what it says about both you and I's mental state that you you picked an opportunity for a home topic that would make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside, and I. I felt cold and and sharp. <laughs> Whatever the opposite of fuzzy is, that's how I felt after after uh, last week's episode. Felt, okay, felt so like as Mike mentioned, Ashley vomiting into a the base of a chimney or whatever it was he did in a pub that one time. Next week we've got listener topics. We're going to give you all week, listeners, uh, to send us what you can come up with. We will choose uh, three of our favourites, and we will go head to head on those three topics to finish series three so get in contact with us at three sports rankers on twitter on instagram uh, you can contact the three of us direct should you want and across social medias we'll compile them all together and we will find our three listener topics to finish series three scores are callum 11 me on 15 and sam on 16 do let us know what you want us to debate and remember, keep those listener polls uh, updated as well. They're still running on Twitter. Uh, you can have your say as to who gets an extra point. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't know about you guys. I'm really looking forward to listener topics again. I feel like oh, it's been a while since we've come back around to this. We've had some really good ones sent in already. Um, so another week of suggestions coming in. And I'm, I'm very excited to see the sort of pool that we've got to choose from for the final three. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, the listeners tend to come up with stuff that we've not even thought about. So... Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to some listener topics because also they might be quite difficult. They might throw one out which is just really hard to research and we'll actually have to, you know, really delve into some historical sport which might be quite nice. A deep dive. Well, until then, uh, thank you very much for listening. This has been Series 3, Episode 6 of 3 Sports Rankers. Get those listener topic requests in and we'll be with you next week. <laughs>